Live 105 Mobile Radio is not responsible for the content of the show. Guests and hosts are exercising freedom of speech as guaranteed under the U.S. Constitution. The latest hits and the greatest memories on, 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 on Live 105.5. www.1055.mobi. This is Dr. Seth Francois. Straight Talk with Dr. Seth. Join Imagentainment Inc. and Live 105 Mobile Radio to gain a new perspective on current events and politics that affect our bottom line. Join us on Tuesday and Thursdays, 8 p.m. and let's rock the vote. Welcome to Straight Talk with Dr. Seth. I am Dr. Seth. Today we have again Miss Professor Levy, uh, Ladella Lynn Levy, who's here again helping us out uh, as the co-host of the show today to help us move this craziness of debates in all this world activity that's going on to give to put it in some bite-sized morsels so everyone can consume. Uh, she'll be with us right after this commercial. The latest hits and the greatest memories on, 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 on Live 105.5. mobi Welcome back to Straight Talk with Dr. Seth, uh, guest host Ladella Lynn Levy. How are you doing, Miss Professor Levy? Oh, good morning, Dr. Francois. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thank goodness our weather has dropped down to the 40s. You know, when you live in Las Vegas, you get used to the three-digit temperatures, and uh, which is, you know, some corner of Dante's Inferno for about three months out of the year, May, June, July, typically running into August. But this year has been horrendous. We've had heat all the way through October. So I promise you, when it was 44 degrees outside, I have no complaints, despite the political storm. <laughs> well, well, I tell you, it's really, it's really been hot. It's been hot on, on the political front. It's been hot on the pandemic front. It's been hot on the social justice front. I mean, even in Africa... There's, they're going through a lot of challenges, even out in Africa. What is going on? So the civil war against police brutality is amazing in the sense that what happens in America affects the greater diaspora. So our civil unrest, our internal revolution, which, in my opinion, was sparked by the murder of George Floyd, we see now the unfolding of that in Africa because now they are in a protest and a liberation agenda against police brutality. And what happens in that region is significant, especially with it being the greatest exporter of oil. Okay, And also the fact that in that particular country, they are our allies against the war on terror. So it's really important and significant what we see occurring right now. Right. It, it's just so interesting that uh, they use that phrase, uh, 
when they had the killings there in Africa, that is fake news. Isn't it interesting how, you know, people can take the words of some other person? It's just crazy, right? How everyone is now using that, that fake news trying to discredit the media. Well, you see how impactful what happens in our realm, the impact that it has on the global neighborhood. You know, we really have a presence. So that's why even this election, it is so important we get it right. It is so important that democracy prevails. Because if it doesn't, I believe it will set the stage and the tone for global spreading of totalitarian systems, systems of inequity and injustice, a lack of respect and regard for the electorate, their vote, their ballot. What happens this year is not just significant for America, but the scope and directional shift of what's going to happen on a global level as well in so many countries. Right. Now, let's just talk about, we're getting close to um, a half of, a quarter of a million people having, uh, who's, who have died, who, who will die from COVID. Yes. I mean... Yes. And we still have this lackadaisical approach or this herd immunity approach by this administration. But what I like to call it is herd genocide Mm -hmm. of a certain population because we do know that minorities are impacted or are four times likely to, to die from COVID, you know, than, 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 uh, uh, others. So what what do you say about that? You know, I would have never imagined Dr. Francois in March when we were just talking about the possibility of what might be happening and perhaps we might have to shut down the college campuses. It was just a discussion. And when it actually happened at the end of March, I I just could not believe that we would be in October, still remote instruction with the campuses shut down. It, it, it boggles the mind. And, And then when you hear things like in January, all we had to do was take preventative measures, enact the Defense Production Act, create the necessary supplies that we as Americans are employed to produce, like in World War One and World War Two, which would have actually kept the economy and individuals working, you know, the, the, the masks, the devices, everything that we kept begging other nations to give to us, right? Different governors were in bidding wars over basic supplies. That should never be in an American highly advanced industrialized nation right, the nation, the global nation's leading economic infrastructure. So for me to see that we're still dealing with a a death toll of how many thousands per day? Right, it's, right. I mean, there, it's just unbelievable that you can have a vice president who may have been contacted you know, right. who was around people who had COVID. Matter of fact, with his five of his staff members had it, who he worked close with. Uh, and now this man is 
is going out as an active spread or could be going out as an active spreader uh, and want to go into the Senate chamber to, uh, you know, to cast a vote for uh, this, uh, the Barra, Ms. Um, Barra, as far as her to be a Supreme uh, Justice. I, I just, I, that is just totally reckless. And I think that's the reason why you see so many people out there voting because they do not want a reckless government. And this is the way that the government's been. And uh, so, I mean, what do you feel? I mean, let's switch off to this to this four Supreme Court justice uh, deal that we're going through right now. I mean, wh what do you think about uh, the process that they're going about getting this woman in uh, to be a su mm -hmm. Supreme Court? Well, you know, at a minimum, it should be a 67-day process just from nomination to hearings. So then you're looking at another 90 plus 120 days for possible confirmation at the Senate level or rejection. That being said, this hasn't even been 30 days. Something is extremely, extremely diabolically wrong with what they're doing. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. If Vice President Biden assumes the helm of this ship we call democracy and becomes president. Not only do I hope, but I would expect him to pack that court like a sardine can as far to the left as humanly possible, because what we see is an offense to our democracy and democratic norms and sensibilities. And, and then with regards to the coronavirus, the other thing that is so important that he has said that is so true, he said, we're not, you know, learning to, to, to live with the virus. No, we're learning how to die with the virus to the right. point that to deal with this trauma, we're almost numb to it. Right. And, and, you know, the thing about going back to uh, packing the court, I don't think if, if, if Biden added a couple of extra Supreme Court justices that he would be packing the court. I think that what he would be doing is correcting the court uh, because, uh, you know, there has been three. Uh, well, uh, 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 President Obama had two opportunities to place two people on a court. They rejected it. Now they uh, rushed through through three people, strong on three people through the court. So I, I think that in in a process of fairness, that there has to be correction uh, to create a balance um, and to give not the minority with they you know what you know this small clique of evangelicals. Uh, people and, and and I'm not afraid to say that because I'm 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 really upset at the end, uh, you know, the evangelicals be, just because they supported uh, a guy for president who said that he wanted to to put his uh, hands up ladies' panties and 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 calling women out of their names and and uh, uh, who's one of the biggest liars that we have ever seen. And they actually came out and they supported this guy, which which devalue evangelicals. It really does devalue their movement as a group. And so 
you know, they don't say anything when a, a, a black kid is killed or lynched or anything like that. But yet they support a president who is who, you know, have some racist tendencies. So and, 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 and so when you look at it, you look at, OK, well, what is the value of being an evangelical? If they if there are not uh, moving forward, like the Bible is saying, people should do love thy neighbor and and, you know, to treat people kindly and to have ethics, all the other stuff that that we should have learned. You know, you can't support Trump and have ethics. I just I, well, I just I can't I can't see. I mean, that's like a conflict of terms. I think that one's faith should be felt, not just spoken. So if I never said a word to you about what my faith was, you should be able to feel it. You right. should be able to see it. You should be able to know it. You know, we have we ever seen, for example, in California, a ballot drop box being set ablaze? Have we ever seen, for example, in Mississippi, a man being filmed burning the neighbor's <laughs> signs that had Biden on it? And he says, uh, I was cold, so I burned it. Or fake drop boxes, right? <laughs> yes, let's not forget that. And, and and Asheville protesters arrived in vehicles to intimidate voters. A uh, police Come officers, on. police officer, a police officer walking into a polling booth with uh, uh, with a Trump uh, uh, face mask on in uniform. Yes, but this is supposed to be a representation of. The, the conservative, what? What? I won't even use, say out of my mouth, Christian, right, because that's not Christianity. That might be a form of religiosity and pharisaical uh, religion, but that, that's not what, what a, a person of faith. Those are not behaviorisms that would even allow you to engage in. Well, we have to take we have to take a break. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we have to take a break because we have to get those commercials in. But we'll be right back and we can start uh, off with this uh, great conversation that we're having. <laughs> Return back to it. OK. All right. After this break, we'll be right back. The latest hits and the greatest memories, memories. On, 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 on live 105.5 mobi. Welcome back to Straight Talk with Dr. Seth. I am Dr. Seth with uh, guest host, Miss Ladella Lynn Levy, professor. Uh, and I'm telling you, she is really teaching us something this show. And, uh, and you know, we were talking about uh, religion and uh, uh, how it's been this false... Uh, presentation of what evangelicals say that they are, but yet they can support someone who cheats on their wives, sleep with porn stars, uh, you know, fill women between their legs, all that. And yet these people who call themselves Christians are supporting someone who is one of the, the biggest liars that we have ever had in the White House. Well, the other facet of this is that if, if our faith dictates that we forgive and allow for atonement and redemption, which is the cornerstone of the Christian faith, why would we suppress 
the right to vote of former felons who, in which the voters have exercised more Christianity and allowing for atonement and allowing them to, to cast their ballot and, and to become productive members of society. Why would you then go and, and go against the will of the people? You know, if the essence of our faith is atonement and redemption, that's just one facet of it. So why do we, you know, have this, um, this blind eye? to what our faith teaches us versus our actions. Allow people to vote. Allow people to have the right of suffrage. Allow for atonement and redemption. I don't want to hear about your faith and, and protecting the unborn child and, and all of this other nonsense that you want to espouse when you can't show mercy and forgiveness. That's pharisaical religion. That's not what one's faith dictates. Well, I know one thing that... Uh, when the uh, when um, uh, Biden and uh, uh, Kamala um, get in office, and I'm and, and I'm hopeful not not because they're Democrats, because right. they're just better people. Uh, uh, get in 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 office, and that the. They, you know, the Senate turns over, and you know, of course, the House they remain the same. That they really deal with putting some strict measures on the Voting Rights Act, you know, to reinitiate that, and to have stricter things to to prohibit, uh, you know, any type of, you know, standing in line for four hours or. Or you know, carding people to vote and and all that. I think I I think any of those things to to turn people away from exercising their right to vote, uh, especially minority people. I think that 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 they need to make sure that they do something really, uh, really significant in that area. And and that that would be after they make that correction to the Supreme Court. Well, you know, the 2015 decision of Shelby County versus Eric Holder took away the pre-clearance requirement in the Voting Rights Act. And what that afforded was a Pandora's box for states to be able to change their voter registration and election laws. Prior to that, seven states in particular that had a history of voter disenfranchisement had to go through pre-clearance through the Justice Department if they wanted to change any aspect of their voter registration and voter laws. So if they wanted to change the voter location, if they wanted to change a provision, uh, the requirements for voter registration, they had to get pre-cleared. And it was a process. So once that plank of the Voter Registration Act was removed, uh, the pre-clearance uh, aspect of it, again, we saw so many states like Texas immediately changed their voter registration laws. Students couldn't use their student IDs. Uh, systematically, you saw different states enact very stringent voting registration laws. And so what we saw happen immediately and systematically, for example, in the 2016 election, we saw the rate of voter registration and voter turnout decline significantly that had been the case for previous elections, like, for example, during the first uh, election of Barack Obama, where you saw in mass different groups, different ethnicities, different age categories of individuals turn out in mass to vote. So, for example, in Florida, battleground state, in 2018, when you saw the actual enactment, 
and the impact of the preclearance requirement being removed. In 2016, uh, ages uh, 19 or 18 to 29, you had about 44,000 or so individuals right about now turn out to vote. However, despite the preclearance requirement being removed, what we see happening is a revolution, and I'm going to tell you why. We have seen over 257,720 individuals early vote in 2020. North Carolina, you had in 2016, 25,150 go out to vote early, ages 18 to 29, versus 2020, because of this revolution, 204,000 or so individuals have turned out to vote early just between the ages of 18 to 29. And in Michigan, in 2016, only about 7,572 individuals turned out to vote early in that age category. Guess what? 2020, right around this time, as of the data collective in the last day or so, we had over 145,000 201 individuals between the ages of 18 to 29 go turn out to the polls and vote. So what does that mean? It means that the youth are invigorated like we've never seen before since the civil rights movement, since the election, the first election, not the second when he ran, ran for re-election of president, former President Barack Obama. We are experiencing an awakening of the American electorate. And honey, it is a revolution in the streets. Despite what you may see or what you may hear, we are experiencing a reinvigoration of the electorate. They are going out in mass to vote. It is unprecedented. Early yeah. at that. And, uh, you know, it's also that they that they have actually been leading, um, leading the charge as far as uh, social justice, um, yes. and and so it's it's one of those things that that we have to look at is that you cannot fight the forces of nature. It's mm -hmm. it's going to keep moving us in the direction. I mean, it's like trying to reverse the way that the Earth is spinning on its axis. Yeah. Yes. Things are naturally going to progress, just like with hate. Hate is not uh, a socially acceptable element in mm. in our society. It's no longer. It's no longer. You know, when when they first developed the police, they developed the police. The name of the police was Slave Patrol. Okay, so that right, right. When they first developed police. Police policing. It was called Save Slave Patrol. So when you start looking at the culture of the police department, culture is something that's very difficult to change. Yes, it is. It's very difficult. It has to. It gradually will change into morph into something else. So you're talking about all these years where you have all these police. Who are there, and and they're doing the same thing because the slave patrol was to keep black folks and minorities in their their, you know, uh, their perspective areas, you know, to sleep, you know what I mean, or to to stay. They didn't want those people to come into their neighborhoods. And guess what? Right. What some of the cops are doing here, those are in some of these other communities. 
you see a nice car with someone African-American or Latino driving a car at the hills or somewhere like that, what happened? They get stopped. Okay, that's a slave patrol mentality yes, on that yes. officer. Yes, and that's yes. that culture that, that continued to progress within within today's time. Yes, it is. It is. Policy can change, but culture is often resistant. 1954, Brown v. Board of Education, overturning Plessy v. Ferguson, legalized by du jour, by law, inequality, yet. Ten years after Brown v. Board of Education, even into the 1970s, schools were still segregated to the point that they had to force mandatory school busing as a way to achieve racial parity. So, yes, culture very much is slower than policy, very much so. Well, I mean, even today, I mean, if you look at segregation, I mean, segregation is still, but it's, it's um, segregation is by... De facto. Um, Right, right. Well, by by finance. Yes, <laughs> economics. Right, yes. right. Now, when when you start talking about there's 59 people that control over half of the economy, the Bezos, the Gates, you know, the Buffets, you know, um, and you know, to name to name a few, uh, you know, they you know they they control over half of the the, the wealth in America. And so when you start looking at a kid, even when it switched over to this e-learning because of this pandemic, yeah. guess what? A lot of these kids in certain neighborhoods, they don't have access to internet. Absolutely not. You so know the they're far behind. They're far behind. And that's just another systemic issue that we have to deal with. Well, Dr. Francois, do you know the average Internet provider, if it's worth their salt? I had to switch to, I won't give the provider any credit, but I pay 70-something a month for the fastest Internet because the other Internet service that I had was $45, and it was worth $45. Now, that's me, just to have Internet, okay? So, like I said, I'm a senator as well for my institution, if you have to choose between groceries and Internet, you're going to buy some food, okay? So it's unrealistic to assume that everyone has access to the Internet. Now, maybe 20 years ago when it was free, because I remember when it was free. But we've created this inequity through policies. If the Internet is mandatory, damn it, make it be free, period. Right. That's how you right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you hear about Google is, is you know, getting paid for searches and all these dominant companies are getting, being first on the list because they're paying this high money to Google. Uh, it's just, it's really crazy how money disenfranchise a lot of people. Yeah. You know, wealth and people who have no sense of responsibility will take the easy way to, to, further strip society or the people who uh, are struggling, even making them have more of a struggle uh, because they're, they're, they're stripping them down. You know, when you start looking at the, the, the uh, I mean, personally, I believe that every corporation, when they hire someone, 
even though they have people, the investors that give to their company, you know, to build their financial wealth as far as the stock market, we also have to look at uh, the employee that also give a resource to a company. So just like people who put money into a stock, they get shares. I think employees should get shares of that company too because they're putting the human capital into that company. You know, and there's no way in the world that uh, a corporate leader should make a thousand times more than their employee. It is unheard of around the world. And why, why is it, why, I mean, why do we do it that way? Exactly. Part of my anthology, Social Justice Movements, one of the first readings that I curated is called Bold Rule Changes to Break Up Concentrated Wealth. And what you just said is exactly the premise of the reading, because there was a time in this nation where the wealthy elite paid their fair share of taxes. And guess what? We did not have this huge wealth inequality. We just didn't have it. And it's getting, it's the, 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 the gap is getting wider and wider. You know, there are defranchising unions and labor unions and all that, uh, you, you know, the work to write, which is not really work to write, is it's, 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 uh, it's really saying that you don't have to belong to a union to work, but at the same time, it, uh, it uh, devalues unions in certain states. And uh, even though the union set the contract for the people that actually are making money because there is a union, and then you're saying, telling these people, well, you don't have to pay dues, even though we're doing all the work to get you money. Well, you know, right. You better to wages. It just it doesn't make sense. Well, you know, right to work states, Dr. Francois, is the essence of alienated labor because it is right. the right to allow your labor to be exploited, the right to allow yourself, your individuality and autonomy to be estranged from your talents and capabilities because no matter what you do, you can be bought and sold as a commodity. And essentially, the owner of production, they have a right to use your labor and use your talent and determine the wage. And it is the essence of slavery. Right to work states, in my opinion, that's a replication of slavery by another name. I understand exactly what you are saying. And, you know, we are at that 30 minute point and uh we actually did not take a break because we were having such a great a great show so we, we're going to miss a commercial break which i know i'm going to get it for that but uh i just want to say is there anything uh on your last you have any last comments or anything like that that you would like to make you know i want to encourage all of the listeners to understand that voting is an act of freedom. And in that act of freedom, it is a form of liberation. And even in your disgruntledness and even in your despair, rise up, vote. Because I honestly believe we are going to see the manifestation of our labor and we are going to see the fruit of our effort. Because we are seeing numbers in early voting that we have not seen. It is unprecedented. And I really do think we are going to see a new season 
in this nation. Well, thank you so much. I, I just truly appreciate you, uh, Ms. Professor, Professor <laughs> Ladella Lynn Levy. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, we hope that every one of you guys get out and vote. It's very critical. Uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of people who have said that, you know, nothing's not going to change, so why should I get out and vote? Well, again, as the cliche says, you know, don't don't complain about what changes happen if you don't get out there and exercise your right to vote. You know what have not been working. And so it's not about trying to fix the system like uh, President Obama said the other day. It's not about fixing the system all at once. It's about mending it little at a time. And so and so we have to exercise our right to vote to fix a part of it. And we know that uh, America has been fractured and, and a little honesty in the White House would, would definitely be refreshing. And I, I absolutely, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. Uh, this show has been powered by Live 105.5 Mobile Radio and Imagine Inc. Thank you so much. You have a peaceful, uh, joyous week. And make sure you toss your ballots. Uh, go to your ballots. And, uh, and uh, you know, lots of prayers is, is definitely... To make things right, it's it's really a good thing to do to do some praying too, uh, and and also wanted to before we go wanted to give a little pause for all the people who have suffered uh, the coronavirus. We had one of our own who had uh, coronavirus with Imagentainment, and uh, he said that it was one of the worst things that he has ever experienced in his life. So it is real, people. Protect yourself and uh, you take care and have a good evening. Thank you. This is Dr. Seth Francois. Straight Talk with Dr. Seth. Join Imagentainment Inc. and Live 105 Mobile Radio to gain a new perspective on current events and politics that affect our bottom line. Join us on Tuesday and Thursdays, 8 p.m., and let's rock the vote. The latest hits and the greatest memories on, 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 on live 105.5. www.1055.mobi.